I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 60th Church Mag Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Tithely. Give your church members an easy-to-use mobile giving solution that's ultra-fast and wallet-free. Check it out. Give Tithely a try. Visit tithe.ly and sign up for free in just five minutes. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about using social media and your church website to prepare for Sunday morning service. If you want to join the conversation, use the hashtag CMAGCast to share with us your comments. You can also send us questions at churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and we'll consider your topic idea and questions for a future podcast. Now, let the fun begin. Church Tech is here. Eric Dye here along with... Phil Schneider and Jeremy Smith. No, that's, that's it. Goes Jeremy Smith is first. I'm sorry. Because I'm the favorite. No, I, I do it based on seniority. <laughs> because I'm older, or because I've been on church mag longer. Because you've been on church mag longer. I swear, every time I go to do it, I'm like, crap. Who do I do first? Or if I'm writing it, I'm like, crap. Who do I do first? Always put Jeremy first. Otherwise, my ego will be offended. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. The big old ego I have. We'll, we'll, we'll put Jeremy first because if he's not first, if we put Phil first, you won't be able to see Jeremy behind him because he's so tall. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll name you guys in uh, height order. All right. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. Got to make sure I get the order on that, guys. Um, We've been having a lot of fun with the CMAGCast hashtag, and in fact, Noah Battles hashtagged us and said, hey guys, love the podcast, and he told us that he subscribed. So while we don't normally announce new subscribers <laughs> on the podcast, it's pretty cool that uh, he gave us, gave us a shout out. And speaking of shout outs, Phil, you have three that you need to do, and let's start with Darren from Perth, Western Australia. Good day. How are we doing? Oh, I've got nothing. That we're hold on, hold on. From Perth? From Perth, yes. See, now I can just do, we're just going to do a, a bland Australian accent, or am I going to do... Well, he uh, said, the, the fact, see, Phil, the fact that Darren said Western Australia is is yeah, telling me that you need to you need to get the right Australian. So maybe sound kind of Western. Like I, should, I feel like we should combine, like, Crocodile Dundee and Keanu Reeves, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like, like, good day, it's like... Good day, brawl. Yeah, I can't. I can't quite pull it off. Can, can you do like an Australian accent and pretend you're wearing a hat? Maybe right, I don't know because that would be Western, oh. right? Maybe not. That's good. Uh, and then this one, <clears throat> Kevin. And no, I'm sorry. Or maybe it's Kevon because it's K V O N. So we have. It's Kayvon. All right. All right. I sound so yeah, cool. He, he, hey, what's he up, just, Kayvon? He just added to a lifelong of, of tragic moments where his name's been mispronounced. <laughs> You're welcome, Kayvon. Uh, he is from Bethalto, which I think you know about Bethalto. I do know about Bethalto. I'm in Bethalto right now. So let's hear your best Bethalto shout out. Okay, so this is a Bethalto accent right here, but it's indistinguishable from the rest of Illinois until we say goodbye on the phone. Okay, I noticed this a few years ago. And Bethaltonians, when they say goodbye, they don't say they don't say all right, goodbye. They say all right, bye. We take good off and just throw an M on the front of it. I don't know why. All right. Well, then you need, to, you're going to have to build that into your shout out here to. I, I am. All right. So uh, here, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Bye. 
<laughs> there you go. That's it. All right. That's, that's the sum total of our distinguishable accent. <laughs> All right. And finally, we have Jeffrey, which is uh, Jeffrey Kranz, who we had on the uh, podcast a couple weeks ago uh, talking about Discipler. He would like a shout out to Bellingham, Washington. What up, Bellingham? Uh, I, I feel like Washington accent. I actually got engaged with him on Twitter about this. I feel like it's a combination of, of hipster, uh, MXPX, and uh, just, I, I don't even know what, what all else. It'd be, it's almost impossible to mix live. It'd have to be, we'd have, we'd, have to, Jeremy, we'd have to have you step off a little bit and have to have Eric and I get multi track on this thing. <laughs> To do a multi-track mix down of uh, of Washington accent, I would have just I would have just started talking about Twilight. Isn't that what they do in Washington? Is just talk about Twilight. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my stupid accents are not the most uh, most offensive part of the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's why they they only talk about that because it never the sun never really shines there. Right. Um, so, if you would like to give us a shout out, just give us the hashtag CMAGCast and tell us where you're listening to us from. And uh, Phil will do his best to do an accent. And we'll probably go ahead and do this until he is at his wit's end, which could take a while. <laughs> or until we've insulted the entire world. Or that. And we don't have anyone doing shout outs because they're royally offended. So, don't be shy. CMAGCast and Phil will do his best to uh, give you a shout out in your accent. Um, we also got a review. After after asking for an iTunes review for the last um, 25 years, probably not that long, but close. It feels like it. Uh, Deanigan left a review. He said, great podcast. And he didn't give us one star. He didn't even give us three stars. No, ladies and gentlemen, he gave us five stars. What do you guys think about that? Five-star review. You guys are going to comment to that? <laughs> <laughs> that was rhetorical that you're asking the listeners what they think of this. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I'll just edit that part out. Here's what here's what Deanigan had to say, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I frequently read Church Mag. It's a great resource for learning about church-related technology. As a young pastor who knows a little about computers, my church has just expected me to know how to run a board and manage the website. I found Church Mag super helpful for leading tips and giving advice on those things. This podcast is Church Mag with even more personality. These guys know what they're talking about, and they do it in a very entertaining way. Plus, every once in a while, they'll talk Batman, so that's awesome. This is one of my favorite podcasts. You should definitely give this show a shot. So, um, just to be clear, Phil, he said that it's cool that we talk about Batman, not that you talk like Batman. It's the same thing. That just happened. He also didn't say we don't talk about Superman, because apparently, Phil, we don't talk about <laughs> Superman with you enough. Guys, Clearly I, not. I, I, don't, I hate to tell you this ahead of time. I hate to spoil this for you. But the weekend the movie comes out, that's the next three podcasts. We'll just be analyzing it. <laughs> it's going to the movie in thirds. This has nothing to do with the fact that staff writer, Church Mag staff writer Chris Wilson is trolling us right now as we record the podcast um, in real time on Twitter, taunting you about Superman. Yeah, I just quashed that troll real quick. I, I took care of that. He's a- there might have also been a Google Plus mention. Now, speaking of Google Plus and um, successful social media ventures like Twitter and Facebook, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, getting your what your website. No, what before you get into this? Before you get into this, let's encourage the reviews. Oh yes. So, so I want. So I want to encourage one thing from our listeners. Can we have people just go on to iTunes and suggest any kind of comic book character that Phil can be, except for Superman? Oh, that would I don't be care what you write in the review. <laughs> I don't even care how many stars you give. Just say, what kind of comic book character do you think Phil is, except for Superman? It would make my day. 
That would be that really would be cool. What were we going to talk about again today? Um, how to get digitally prepared for Sunday? Yes. So you're a pastor. You're a social media guy. You're one of the thousands of titles that we give um, our awesome church volunteers out there to get ready for Sunday. And here we have social media and we have the website. And I, I think there's a lot of pressure, especially right now. You know, pastors are hearing about the power of social media and the importance of technology and websites. And they're looking to their staff no matter their training or skill level and saying, okay, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And I, th- I think a lot, of, a lot of volunteers are out there going, do what? How to do it? That sort of thing. So let's talk a little bit about um, what churches need to do or can do to use social media, to use their website, to get ready for that Sunday service, to really push, push and promote Sunday morning. Well, okay. I'll, uh, I'll start off with uh, some things I do for Sunday morning. Um, uh, I'm a big believer that your website and social media should, should be directed towards a purpose. So um, what I do uh, generally, uh, definitely during the school year when I've got more of a set schedule and time in the office to do this stuff, um, I go through and I uh, I get our worship list um, um, on on Monday on, on Wednesday, and I schedule it on our website to post early Thursday morning, so it'll hit, so it'll auto share to Facebook when folks check. If folks check Facebook in this area before work, I feel like it's a pretty solid bet. And so I, I auto share this post of all of our worship songs. It lists them all as a YouTube video and when applicable, and a link to purchase the song. And this way, people uh, who go to our church regularly can can know where to go to find the you know the worship songs for that week. So they can they can take some time to worship on their own at home and, and kind of engage with God before they come to church, which is important because we don't come to church to engage with God. We come to church to as a culmination of our time with God over the week. But at the same time, uh, I've seen people share that list with their friends and family. Who don't come to church regularly? That way, that way, this new person who's coming in won't be won't feel lost with a song they don't know. It also, I think, gives people the chance to, to kind of see inside the doors without having to go inside the doors because that can be very exactly. intimidating and know what kind of music yeah. and style you guys have. I've never heard of. I've never heard. Uh, that's a new idea to me. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it, it was actually my our worship leader's idea. He said, "Can you please post our list on on the website? It's like a blog post." And said, "I sure can. It's a great idea." Um, we've got tons of positive feedback about it, and it's it's a great way of lowering the threshold for visitors. Like most people put their podcasts or Sunday sermons online, so folks can listen to your pastor and that kind of stuff. But it's always helpful to see because the, the music is probably one of the most. Uh, anxiety enforcing parts because people are always worried do I have to stand up do I got to sing what's it like and how so that that kind of helps and I think a lot of the um, social media content and website content content is a curation of what's already happened and that's what I like about this is it's actually it's actually sharing content of stuff that is yet to happen which is a little a little bit uh, less popular I think it's a little bit more it difficult is. it yeah. requires more planning well, and stuff it requires a lot of prior planning. I mean, there have been a few times where I've shared the list, and they, there was a, a Sunday morning came, and they changed the list on me. Now, we're not having 300 people read this list and, and depend upon it to be accurate. But um, as we do this more often, we'll have to make sure we get, we get to a point where when I shared on Thursday, it's pretty well set in stone. Right. Now, um, my uh, church in, in, in back in the U.S., when I set them up with their, their new, their new uh, website design, uh, they took advantage of the front page slider. Um, 
and they have been letting me know ahead of time what sermons they're having on Sunday morning and if they're doing any special teaching Sunday night. And they let me know ahead of time, and I prepare the slides. And then the slider that I'm using, the Salique, um uh, slider, you're able to schedule them. And so, you know, even six weeks, you know, six weeks out, I can I can prep the slides all in one sitting, right? Put in the information, schedule them when they start and when they stop, and it's all automated. And so it doesn't even require me going in there every single week, right? I can actually go in and do it like every month or so um, and, and queue them all up. And so, again, we're in a situation where um, it requires some planning, Okay. Um, now, if if uh, my church back in the states, if they were uh, a little bit more busy on Facebook and stuff like that, that's that same slider image that's being created for the website could then be cropped or even shared as is as a shared image on their on their Facebook. And so, when you're, I think uh, another key with with um, getting the word out or pushing or you know pointing everybody to the uh, Sunday morning service on your via social media and your your uh, church website. You have to keep in mind that a lot of the the creative collateral that you are that that you are building and making you can then use again in multiple places. So it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel every single time. And I think that 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 can be key. Like I have a I have a, a PSD file that's the template. Like here's the slider, here's the font that I always use. This is where I put the time, the date, the subject, and I just swap swap out the back image and that's it. So it's you know real quick and easy. So you can really streamline these things. Yeah, that's like, like the one drawback to the theme I use my church church website is that our slider image and all of our featured images are not then they don't correspond to facebook's dimensions right which i mean there, there's some other little tricks that you can do too if if you have a certain height and width for your for your slider image then you can you can set up some some uh those temporary guidelines in photoshop so that then you can after you've created your slides, you can do a crop to the. Cor- you then can crop them to the correct. After you have uh, put them up on your website, you can crop them for Facebook. So that as long as you're keeping your data within a certain width, right, you can you can still use your same uh, design. So there's some stuff that you can do to even make, you know work around that if you get creative. So it's not too burdensome. I'm going to edit part of this out. Go, Jeremy. <laughs> I think for me, one of the big ones I would always suggest is interacting the in-person with the digital. And so I don't know if that means making sure that your physical and um, phone number, physical address and phone number are on the actual websites. But for some people, they don't have that. And so you need to get that on there. And it goes beyond just sermon times. I think it just simply says, okay, here is our actual place. This is who's preaching today. For me, another one is that I actually love the idea of a pastor giving 30 seconds in sermon time to say, here are some of the things that we're going to be talking about. Why don't you guys tweet about it so that you can invite your friends or add a Facebook post or whatever it is. And then instead of the church trying to talk about the church coming for people to come to, instead you're having every single congregation member give them 30 seconds, say, take a selfie right now and say, wish you guys were here or have people during the sermon just post up on the actual projector. Here's a great thing that you could tweet out whether it's a Bible verse or a quote from the pastor. Again, a little bit of prep, but you're actually having your congregation do the marketing, the advertising, if you want to call it that, or you could just put it into actual biblical terms of evangelism where they are doing the work for you. And yes, it's maybe a little bit controversial because you're having people use their phones in session during the actual um, sermon time, but 
you are actually having them do evangelism right there from their pew. Right, but a lot of times people have their phones out anyway. Like, my Bible's on there, so I already have my phone out and using it anyway. But that's a really cool idea, Jeremy. You can have you can have a promotional slide up on the projector before service begins of the next Sunday and, and, and explain it from the pulpit so people know what's going on, you know, next Sunday. And so when people are there before service begins and they see that on the screen, they can just hold up their phone, like you said, take a picture, and they can share it later in the week if they want. They don't even have to share it right then and there. So that, that that's that's really cool, you know, empowering empowering um, those in the body to be spreading out, like you're saying, which is, I mean, that that's ultimately what you want to have happen anyway. Right. Just think about just think about actual brands. Nobody cares if Walmart wants to talk about Walmart, but that's why they have those little hosting things where some cooking show talks about how great, wonderful Walmart's new steak is i mean that's what people actually care about is the the referrals of other people i mean that's why we love the itunes stuff is because other people are talking about us not us talking about us that's boring yeah and and if you have like any special events if you have a bake sale for a missionary or you have vbs or a concert or whatever the special event may be you can always set up cool things in your lobby that people can take selfies with that promote the event Mm -hmm. and you can have that up for weeks before the event so that when people are you know before and after church be like oh that's so cool that's like a it's like a mannequin dressed like darth vader that's promoting the such and such you know or or you know something way cooler even than that which is hard to believe we've done a few times we've had uh, we had one one week we had we called it a selfie sunday and we we during church we all tweeted out like the pastor called up one of the youth kids on stage who's a prolific taker of selfies and had him show him how to do a selfie on stage and then we all did it in our pews and we all hashtagged it you know selfie sunday that's cool that's cool. And it was pretty sweet. And then ever since then, we've also done a um, consistent job, Jeremy, like kind of like, not doing selfies, but having asking your folks to please check in on Facebook. And so like mm-hmm. on Sundays now we'll have, and we have a congregation that's, it's not all old people, but like it's our most consistent core is of course, older people. And so that they don't so much, but we've got a pretty good amount of people who are the younger younger age bracket who check in every Sunday morning on Facebook, and they're always they either share part of the message on there or they they give like a like I try try to um, give a, a statement on the message as I'm checking in. Yeah, and as we put out some of these ideas, I think it's important for churches to realize and understand that this isn't something that you have to do each and every single Sunday. It doesn't have to be this big epic thing every week because if you're going to if you try to do that, you're going to burn out really really fast. And I think a lot of it is simply just creating space for people to be able to do something like that. So if you post on the projector, here's something that could be great to tweet, then people are going to want to do it. And if you give them a photo booth or a place where you say, hey, you could take a selfie here, and all you do is have a quick sign that says, hey, you could do a selfie here for your Facebook page, then people are going to do it. And I think you're just giving them the space and the permission to be able to do something like that, as opposed to a church that maybe you would say, hey, phones should be off, and maybe if you want, just leave them in your car kind of a thing. I think that simply giving them that permission is huge. On the Church Mag podcast, we use the, the hashtag CMAGcast, and we've talked before about churches having their own hashtag. And if your church has its own hashtag, where do you have that hanging up in your church that people can see and can be reminded of it and know without hardly even thinking, this is the hashtag that we can use? We would... um. We did a sermon series a while back called I Love My Church, and we did a whole lot of social media stuff with that. It was actually, it was pretty epic, and it went over very well, and every 
every during the sermon, every slide, you know, that was all we always do like themed slides, you know, that the artwork is tied into the actual slide for the sermon. And we had our we had our hashtag at the bottom the bottom right hand corner. That's awesome. You should have written a post on that. Shame on you, Phil. Well, and it seems so obvious, though, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, but... I think it's the obvious ones that sometimes escape us, though, I because think we, right. we think it's this big, grand thing, and then we realize it doesn't take tons of work to be able to get to that point. Even the idea of having your greeters with a teenager there saying, hey, you want to do a quick selfie? Hey, you want to... You could just have just little moments where you set up strange things where you have the pastor, you, you can just say, Hey, today's father's day, or today is just a great Sunday to get your picture taken. Everybody's dressed up. Think about it. And then you have the pastor in the background, just jump up and just photobomb every single one of those pictures. And that's a great way to just have a little fun, a little bit of advertising for your church to be able to get in there. And even just a little way of promoting, Hey, this church is a little bit different. What's going on with that? Right. And as we talk about all this and, and this kind of, how to use social media and use your website to prepare for Sunday or to um, promote uh, the Sunday morning service that while, you know, we're throwing out some ideas and some structure that it needs to really be natural when you do it with your, with even your, your own ideas and how you execute it and not be rigid, you know, not be like, okay, well, we're going to talk to the ushers and make sure that they ask everybody that comes in if they want to take a selfie. I mean, it doesn't have to be rigid. I think you really hit on a huge point there, Jeremy, giving people permission giving people permission, leading by example, and just, you know, being the unique body of Christ that you are. You know, we talk about these examples, not that these are the only things that you could do or that you should do these things, right? But that here are some ideas to maybe that you can take and you can implement and make on your own. Um, what, what would you say to that, Jeremy? Like, kind of like, what is the fundamental do you see, would you say ultimately is with this so that people can, you know, hear and think about that fundamental and apply it to their specific and unique uh, church body? I think that whenever we stop thinking about the people just in the pews and start thinking about the world beyond that and the fact that you have this little device that can reach all those people so quickly and effectively, that's an important aspect of it. But then also realizing that everybody wants to do this grand marketing scheme and to reach everybody for the same purpose of of the gospel. And instead, you just realize that the church, Big C, wants to be able to reach these people. And it doesn't really matter how you do it. Um, I think that that, for me, is the big thing of, of trying to get to connect with others. And so it doesn't matter if First Baptist down the street or United Methodist on the other street corner all are trying to engage digitally. But you make it about just trying to reach the whole world for the whole church. And you just try to say, okay. They're doing this thing, so let's think of something else. And this church is doing that, so let's go even more fun and crazy within our church identity. I think that that's when you get to be able to engage well. And also just let the leadership that's currently there that's not doing digitally, let them hold the reins loosely and ask someone on board that can just think outside the box. I think that that's when you recognize that you'll do it well and really just someone that's engaged actively on social media say hey you're doing a lot of stuff on there would you just be willing to think about how you could have our church do it too 
I think that's when you could have some great stuff happen. Have you guys heard or seen any like regional areas where multiple churches work together and use like a similar hashtag or similar theme on the same Sunday? Uh, no, but I did uh, a church. Some churches in a town a, a, a few miles away from mine did uh, get a website together, and I forget what they called it. But the goal was to encourage people to go to church on Easter. And so the website featured stuff about all their churches. Oh, that's really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. It, it, it just when Jeremy was, was kind of laying down kind of the kind of the basic foundational concept of how to approach this stuff, and he was talking about the big C. It just got me thinking about how how, how local churches can work together to really. I mean, they're there in that city. They're there in that region, that that area to reach those people specifically to be able to work together. You know, if we start work, if we could work maybe on social media. Maybe then that could lead that could segue from the digital to the natural, and uh, more churches could could uh, work together. I also think that youth ministry is doing this really well. I've seen a lot of youth ministries work together and just say, you know what, I don't really care. I just want to be able to reach all the teenagers I want. I don't know if I've seen any senior pastors be able to do this well. Not to say that they can't, but there's a lot of deacons and other things that are going on. They have to run the whole church. And so sometimes they're just focused on what's mine is mine. And so youth ministry simply has their teenagers. And how do you do that? Well, I think that there's a lot that goes with that. So maybe the first suggestion, I know I was a youth pastor. I was in charge of a hundred different things besides youth ministry, but maybe you have the youth pastor be the first branch for this. But also my suggestion is if you do that and you give them that punishment responsibility, that you also let them reap the full benefits of that. And so you give them the budget to do that. You give them the manpower and then you also give them the praise whenever they do it. And it's not just, oh, look at what they've done for our whole church, not for their own youth ministry. I think that's important. Phil, what would you say, you know, you're a church of 100 people, 200 people, whatever, you know, whatever size, just your, your typical American-sized church, and you want to start using social social media more to direct people towards your Sunday morning service, get more going on the website, that sort of thing. What would you say would be a kind of fundamental approach for them to take? Fundamental, if you include social media and the website, I would... If you're okay, if you're let's let's do let's frame like this. If you're a smaller church taking your first steps onto the onto the interwebs, I would I would get a one page website that looks sharp, that gives service times, directions, maybe a picture of the pastor and a little message from him. Nothing super flashy, but definitely just looks clean and easy to use. That gives people the basic information about about what your goal is, Sunday morning service. So times, location, maybe even like a little bit of a what to expect section where you go over like dress code and that kind of stuff. But then for social media, I think what I would do is what I do sometimes if I can't get the worship list out on like on, on for our blog, I will share a YouTube video of one of the songs we're going to sing that day. And I'll write a little, I mean, seriously, like a, like a 200 character little devotional prompt with and then share that YouTube video, inviting folks to church that Sunday, and that's it. And just and I get that, and if I, if I share a picture uh, of our stage, if we, if we have like a setup on the stage for that Sunday, or if we've got something going on in the building, and I and I share a picture with it, that gets easily double the response of anything else I do on Facebook. So if you're just now starting your starting out in social media. We definitely, 
every Sunday morning, share a, 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 a song you're going to sing or share an image of something that ties into your Sunday morning service. And you'll, you'll be amazed at how much response you get from that. Uh, will people come? I don't know, but they'll definitely see your post. Excellent. And and I think you touched on a really core concept there, and that is pointing pointing people towards your main website, making sure that you have a center to all your social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe all of it, that it, you know, it points people back to a central location where they can find all the info they need to know where to go, what to expect, all, expect all that sort of thing. Ha, ha, have a Facebook page. It's like, it's like having a Facebook website, but then have a Facebook group for your people to to interact and to build a build and to take the community from Sunday morning pews to you know every day on Facebook. Okay, one step at a time here, Phil. One, I'm just throwing it out there. One step at a time. My a post on, I, wrote, I wrote a post for Church Mag about that. Go Google that. You Google it. You you Google, yeah, you Google it. Google it. Google it. Your mom Googles. Actually, your mom your mom bangs. <laughs> well, your mom's on Google Plus. <laughs> That's just rude. <laughs> my uh, my fundamental thing to say to uh, to churches out there wanting to do more with this is don't take it too seriously. Not that you shouldn't take it seriously, but um, I- I'm reminded of the old uh, church bulletin where some churches would have like a little comic in them and some wouldn't, and the ones that had it were probably read more because they would actually open and look for something, right? Um, and, I can, and I can tell you, when it comes to church mag, that, um, that I have found that if we leave room to have fun, that everyone enjoys, enjoys it. Myself, the readers, everyone. And so, you know, I'm not saying be stupid or be offensive or go overboard crazy because we don't want to lose focus of the goal, Right. But don't be afraid to have a little fun because if it's just constantly set lists and worship times and next week's Sunday sermon, people are going to start becoming blind to your posts because they're never going to be looking in anticipation of something that really interests them. You, you, you know what I mean? That's, that's why, like, don't just share scripture. Like, my, my, my Facebook, our Facebook page just hit um broke 500 likes this this past week um and the majority of our likes are not in church people they're people who go to our events in the community we, we do a, do a fireworks display every year and so i've been ha- having ads run and images shared for our fireworks event and we probably gained like 20 likes maybe 15 20 likes in the past week and majority of them aren't church people so when i share something for the, on sunday to kind of engage them and get them invited to church if i share scripture they don't care but if, I, if we're doing something cool on sunday and i share like a picture of like our stage setting or i share a picture uh or a, a youtube video of a sweet worship song that they're like wow that's what their church sings it's kind of cool you know then that's going to engage them more than just if i share a scripture verse that, that they don't Right. Not. not to say you shouldn't share the scripture verse, because I think a lot of times those will those will take root, um, you know, subliminally or something. I, th- I think that the idea of being cool for the sake of cool is a is a silly idea, but that's not what we're saying here. So for the pastor that's thinking, oh, I'm not going that route because I have too much other things to think about, then don't go that route. But it's the idea of being personal, and my suggestion I would like to do would be to have an intent behind what you're doing, whether you're doing life groups to make your stuff more about life groups, or if you are an evangelistic church, then make it evangelistic. But I actually would rather say, 
make it about just simply good communication because nobody wants you to sit there and just tell them bland, boring facts. I mean, think about good communication with your spouse. If you're going to sit there and just talk about shallow stuff, then talk about shallow stuff. But that's not what a good relationship's about. And so think about this as a relationship with people, both new and old, and how does that work well? That is that is so good, Jeremy, because that's what really social media is about. It's about relationships. And when you have a relationship, if you, if you have a close friend, what do you talk about? You talk about the weather. You talk about your biggest fears. You talk about deep concepts. You tell jokes. You laugh. You cry. All those things. That whole survey of emotions and your your social media and your website, um, that interaction needs to look like that. Absolutely. And, and I think that it goes both ways. You should not only be talking to them, but you should be hoping that they're talking back to you. And if they're not, then maybe you're talking about the wrong things right now. Thank you for joining us this week. We love having you. If you want to join the discussion or you want Phil to do his best accent from your part of the world by telling us where you listen from, use the hashtag CMAGCast. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Dude, you're coffeeless. Do we dare risk recording the podcast with a coffee-free fill?